0: Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day, Father. We thank you for this opportunity to gather together to worship you, Father. We thank you for these folks. We lift them up to you, Father. We pray that this message will not return void, but it'll accomplish what it was sent to do. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. All right, so... um, during a wedding, the bride and groom were at the altar and they were going through the wedding process. And they got to the place in time to where the minister said, if anybody has anything, the reason they shouldn't get married, speak now, forever hold your peace. Well, all of a sudden, a little lady in the back, a beautiful young lady with a child, started walking towards the altar. Well, things kind of went into chaos quick, right? The bride slaps the groom, the groom's mom faints, the groomsmen are trying to figure out how we can mitigate the situation And the little lady walks up and kind of pauses, and um, the minister said, Yes, ma'am, you have something to say? And she was like, Yeah, we couldn't hear in the back. Yeah, they're not all good ones, but it's all good. All right, so let me tell you, um, man, I have, in the last couple of weeks, preached some of the toughest sermons that I have to preach, right? And we talked about tithing, and we talked about unforgiveness, and... I would like to say that we were going to change gears and get into stuff that's a lot more palatable, but we're not. <laughs> you're already here now, you can't leave. I'm just saying, you're already here, you can't leave. Um, but what we're going to talk about this week is something that probably doesn't affect most of y'all. It probably only affects me, so I'm going to preach at me. If y'all want to listen, I'll be fine. But it's a, it's a pretty uh, simple topic, um, but it's, you know, sometimes it's difficult to get. And, and I told Sally when she was typing in the title just a few minutes ago, it's mind your business, but it just really probably should be mind your business, right? And you would think, well, really, is that important? You know, actually it is, and they talked about that a lot in the New Testament. So we're going to talk about minding our own business slash not being a gossip. See, that doesn't, man, it just sounds bad, doesn't it? It's tough. Uh, um, but it, it, it's... It's something that we need to get a, a, a handle on. It's something that we need to hear. It's something that we need to develop. And I promise, and Crystal, Crystal had to go teach Little People's Church, but Crystal asked me this morning, well, are you teaching what God told you to teach? And I said, baby, if I was teaching something other than what God told me to teach, it would not be hard topics. We would be talking about easy, loving, good, upbeat, fun topics to preach on, right? I mean, there are plenty of topics in the, in the Bible to teach on that we're, that were not tough to deliver and and, but sometimes you know you make little kids eat their vegetables whether they want them or not whether they taste good or not right i mean right it's why because it's good for them yeah but i don't want vegetables and i'm sorry i thought we were eating ice cream today i get it but today we're eating a little bit of vegetables because why because it makes the body of christ stronger and it makes us better christians right to know all of the Things that we're supposed to know, and it helps us be a better witness to Christ, right? It helps us to be a better witness to the world, to to show God's love, right? So, mind your own business, and we're going to start off, and there's a couple of, you know, just like bang, bang, bang. But uh, the first one is, um, let's see, where are we going to start? I guess we start with the boss, right? I mean, if, if you want to know what the Bible says about what, you probably should go to what Jesus said about it first. So we're going to go to Luke. And we talked about this verse in Luke the other day, but we didn't read all the way down. Um, but we're going to read the rest of what he said in Luke. And so it's the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 6. <clears throat> uh, let's start at 37. So Luke six thirty-seven. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will it be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. All right, so everybody's still good with that. I mean, that's pretty easy, right? Uh, 39, he also told them this parable. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into a pit or a ditch? The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. Everybody's still okay with that, right? 41. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank or the board that is in your own eye? See, that's where we get into a problem, right? And and, and let me tell you where the biggest part of this problem is. It is, in my opinion, predominantly in... People who have been coming to church for years, versus people who just started coming to church, that's really the divide, and/or people who don't go to church at all, right? Because it's really easy for Christian folks who have been in church all of their life to examine the, the the activities and life choices of people who might not necessarily go to church, and say, "See what they're doing? It's wrong." Yet we that come to church, and here again, this this is a me topic, and if y'all get some out of it, man, I'm happy for you, but that's what God told me to preach. But we that come to church all the time, we still have things that we do this wrong too. You don't have to amen it, it's okay, I know it's the truth. We still have things that are happening in our lives that are not necessarily pleasing to God. Now, we're not, I'm not preaching on sin consciousness. In fact, this is the opposite of that. Because we talked a couple of weeks ago about grace and how important it was to have grace and how important it was to receive grace and give grace. This is not a lot of different. We have this establishment mentality and we are here and us it's us against them and we believe this and we do this and i come to church and i sit on my pew and i do my job and i show up but they don't and they are brothers and sisters in christ lots of them now do i believe that people shouldn't come to church no i don't in fact the bible says that you should not right you should come to church That's not what I'm talking about. And then look, I'm not talking about not correcting your children. I'm not talking about having a a good conversation with your spouse or your close friends. If you see that they are doing something, this is not that, right? In fact, Jesus talks about that. He talks about if there is an opportunity to talk to a fellow believer about something that they're doing, that you should do it in private. Right. You should go there and say, hey, look, you know, I don't think this is necessarily what you should be doing. Right. But what we do is. <laughs> Man, this is a tough sermon to preach. What we do is, is we don't tell them that we think that they're doing wrong right now. That's not how it works. We tell the other people, you see what she did? You see what she's got on? Can you believe that? I cannot believe that. That is, did you tell your mama and your cousin and your brother and your aunt and your dog, everybody but them, right? <laughs> everybody but them. Can you believe how they acted? Can you believe what they said? See, that's not how we're supposed to be doing this. This is standing there with this giant board protruding out of your eye, looking at a speck in somebody else's. All right, so let's go on down the road. All right, so um, uh, first Thessalonians. First Thessalonians. Paul talks about Paul talks about the first the Thessalonians. He 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 gets them some stuff and he's trying to grow them up, right? And and, and this is where it's the this is where the rubber meets the road, right? You're trying really hard for oops, that's second Thessalonians. I want first Thessalonians. It's it's a, they're close. I'll be right back. Um, what happens in the young churches is. We get some of those folks that all of a sudden get some stuff that they've got going on and they start doing right and they got some um, stuff going and they start to praise God and worship God and they're doing great. And then they look around and they don't think everybody else is up to standard. See, that's the really important thing. Let me back up for just a second. The really important thing about Christianity is, and I hear people all the time say, they can't be a Christian if they... Whatever, you fill in the blank. In fact, I have said... You can't be a Christian and, and my statement is, you can't be a Christian and agree with abortion. That's mine. But that's wrong. You can be a Christian and agree with abortion. I don't think that that's uh, biblically correct. I think that that's a sin. I think that's murder. That's my opinion. And they will have to deal with God. But see, the thing about Christianity is, is my opinion of your walk with Christ has zero to do with your walk with Christ. Your opinion of somebody else's walk with Christ has zero to do with their walk with Christ. The the unique part of what happened when Jesus came down and died on the cross and gave himself for my sins is he and I have a personal relationship. And see, this is an important thing, right? Personal relationships are between two people, me and him, and me and him, and me and him. And me and him. And if you don't like how I act, or you don't like how I talk, or you don't like how I walk, or how I dress, or how I do about whatever, that's really none of your business. Because last time I checked, you didn't come down and, and suffer and die on the cross and go to hell and pay my penalty. It's not any of your business. And see, that's a really hard thing to do because it's <clears throat> well meaning, God fearing Christians who want to point out all of the stuff that people are doing. But the truth of the matter is, is that somebody's personal relationship with Christ, is that a personal relationship with Christ? Doesn't, Doesn't involve you. Now, when you become the pastor, and I act up, it does involve you, because I have a little different standard, right? And they talk about that. We, I have some rules and regulations. You read some Timothy stuff, and there's some things that Paul laid out of the leaders of the church and what they should do and how they should act and all that stuff, and I get it. But I'm talking about individual to individual, believer to believer, or believer to nonbeliever. Because here's the thing. If someone is a non-believer, they are only guilty of one thing. That's not accepting Jesus as a personal Savior. The only reason they're going to hell is not accepting Jesus as the personal Savior. That's it. That's the big sin. You want to talk about... We want to talk about big sins and little sins and, I only do this. I only glutton and gossip and drive too fast and sometimes I say bad words. But I don't do anything else, right? I mean... But really and truly, the only sin that stops us from going to heaven is not having a personal relationship with Jesus on the inside of us. And that... Is exactly that personal relationship. All right, so First Thessalonians, I finally found it, uh, chapter four, <clears throat> and we're going to start with verse nine. And Paul says, "Now about your love for one another, we don't need to write you. Y'all are doing a good job. Y'all are y'all are loving each other for yourselves. You have been taught by God to love each other, and in fact, you do all love all <clears throat> God's family throughout Macedonia. Yet we urge you, brothers and sisters." To do so more and more. And to make it your ambition. What's ambition mean? It's your goal. It's your your, your, your ambition. It's what you're looking for. It's what you're you're striving to do. Right? I'm striving to be the best pastor I can be. It's my ambition to be the best God could possibly bring out of the trash that he got. Right? I want to be the best of the best of the best. Make it your ambition that you should mind your own business. No, it says, make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, that you should mind your own business and work with your hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders, so that you will not be dependent on anyone. So make it your life goal to mind your business. Why? Because then you earn respect with people who aren't Christians. Let me tell you, sometimes the best commercial against Christians is Christians. Sometimes the thing that is stopping people from coming in the body of Christ is either the real or perceived idea of what Christians are. That we hate this and we hate that and we hate those people and we don't like those people and we don't associate with those people. That's not the case. When Jesus came here in the flesh, did he go and sit amongst the people that were the church, that were the leaders, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, the experts in the law? He didn't have a lot of time for those folks. Why? Because they judged everybody. In fact, countless times in the New Testament, they tried to set Jesus up. Here you go, we talked about it the other day, about the lady that was caught in, the, in the adultery. Here you go, what you could do with this? It was a lose-lose situation, right, for him. He either condemned her under the law or gave her grace. They hated both. He could not win. The people, the leaders of the church, is the reason that Jesus showed up in the flesh to start off with. As bad as that sounds. He sat with the tax collectors and the prostitutes And the thieves, that's who he hung out with. Why? Because he thought those were good people? Some of them were. Those people needed good news. Those people were willing to listen that God loved them no matter what. Whereas the church people were satisfied that God only loves us because we do exactly what we're supposed to do, when we do it, how we do it, where we do it. We wash our hands, we go about it, we have the right days on the right times and we give the most money and we talk the best prayers in public and we just go on and on and on and on. Is that what God likes? No. What does God want? He wants a personal relationship with you. And he wants you to be worried about your personal relationship with him. That's pretty simple. Except for we can't. We don't believe that. I mean, we don't believe that, right? We think that God sent us to be mama and cousin and uncle and daddy to the people that are around us to make sure that they are doing what we think that they should also be doing. A little sawdust versus a big old board over and over and over if you have the if you have the belief that God sent you here to correct the other people come up after church and I will pray with you the best way to show people God's love is to show people God's love not the judgment not the harassing not the backbiting the gossiping the i mean it's we go jump out of order for a second Uh, um let's go to romans and i I want you to look at this i want you to look at this because this caught me off guard it really did and and you know i i um i prepare all week right and i have notes in my phone and i do all kinds of stuff and, and it's amazing um Morning of, I walked two and a half miles this morning. I got a scripture that I hadn't thought about all week. It just came to me. And then today in praise and worship, right? I had a scripture It was like, whew, this is important. This is important, important to read. So, so the book of Romans, uh, chapter 1. Um, And we're going to say, we're going to start with 28. And then this is Paul talking to the people in Romans and says, Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind so that they would do what ought not be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, depravity, for they are full of envy and murder and strife and deceit and malice. And in the next sentence, they are gossips. They are gossips? They were full of envy and murder and strife and deceit and malice. All of the bad things that you can come up with in the next sentence says they are gossips. How dare them? Slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, Boastful? Boastful? They boast about what they have. They have too much pride. They they invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decrees, they, those who do not such things, deserve death. They not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. So in all of those terrible things that Paul is talking about, right in the middle, in the middle, and the murdering and deceitfulness and gossips. Ooh. And then when we want to talk about sin, we want to talk about all the stuff that they do and not all the stuff that we do. Because I mean I would bet most of y'all ain't never murdered nobody that I know of anyway. I hope you didn't. If you do, don't tell me because I ain't gonna be a good witness for you. I'm just gonna tell you. But I know most of y'all gossip. Amen or oh me, as Granddaddy used to say. And, it, and, it's, and look, I know this tastes bad. It's vegetables. We already talked about this. But how dare we gossip? And it's difficult. It's a difficult situation. And now, <laughs> now, we can gossip on Facebook. We can gossip on Instagram. We can gossip on the Twitter sphere. We can even SnapTweet or. Whatever, I mean, you can gossip in all kinds. In fact, if you pick one mode of gossiping, you can share it over multiple modes of gossiping. You can be a mass gossiper all of a sudden. Huh? I mean, I'm just saying, you can gossip about people all, I mean, whoo, it's quick. Now, I know, now I know that we don't want to be that. I know we don't want to be that. I know we want to be our ambition to mind our business. But it's hard. It's hard. Now, what happens? Let's say that you have a friend, right? Some of y'all have friends. Some of you don't. It's okay. Let's say you have a friend. And you gossip about him. Or you talk trash about him. Or throw shade. Or whatever you want to pick. And your friend hears you. Ooh. What's that do for the relationship? Well, it's not good, right? I mean, even if you think they don't hear you, they hear you. I mean, somebody's going to tell them. People like too much, people like chaos too much to not just let it go. Not not just you Christian folks, the world gets involved in some of that stirring the potish they say too. So what happens? So it tears down relationships. Well, wait a minute. That's not our goal. Our goal, our ambition is to live (laughs) a good, quiet life and keep to ourselves and work hard that we are good examples to the outsiders. So what happens then when two Christians get after each other on the Internet? Who wins? It ain't the body of Christ, and you can have the best scripture quoting challenge you want back and forth, and all you look like is dummies. That's it. We quit minding our own business And we go to tearing down the body of Christ. At what end? At what cost? We don't have a good answer. But most of the time, it feels good while you're doing it. I mean, you know, I'll tell them. I'll show them. I know more scripture than they do. So does Google, but that don't make them right either. The problem is, is the body of Christ should be a... Tight-knit body. And if you have someone inside of the ranks of our church or in our family, our extended family, our family's family, and you really felt led to confront them about it, then it should be one-on-one in a personal relationship. And you know, sometimes that doesn't always work. But it's a whole lot better that when you approach it the way God says approach it, then when you don't approach it the way God said approach it. And by the way, (laughs) we have a, 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 when you coach softball, they give you a 24-hour rule, right? If you have a problem with something that happened today, or if your kid didn't get what they wanted, or something took place, they have a 24-hour rule. Don't contact the coaches for 24 hours. Because a lot of times everybody gets caught up in the moment and excited and upset and it's, it's, it's it, you know, it's all the emotions of the sport. And then tomorrow it's not as big a deal. The other thing it gives me is an opportunity to pray about it. Right? Because sometimes that softball field is not necessarily where I immediately turn to prayer and ask God exactly for the guidance that I need. In fact, that's probably one of my downfalls is I should be more prayerful at the softball field of where I need more guidance, right? Instead of yelling things, that's, Amanda, I'm not talking to you, sweetie. It's just me. It's just me. I'm just talking to me. I'm not pointing anybody out. It's just me. But, but a lot of times when you have that 24-hour period and you pray about it and you self-reflect on it, what happens? Well, it's not as big a deal as you thought it was. Or the rest of the details come out. Or you figure out that that wasn't necessarily that big a deal to start off with. But when we are in this situation around the body of Christ, you know, sometimes people do stuff. Do you know what happened? Most of the time you don't. You don't know the details, right? You don't know what happened. You don't know what took place. But what do we do? We jump to judgment to condemn the, whatever they were doing. Well, do you know what happened before that? No, we have no idea, Right? No concept of what's taking place. And everybody, everybody is fighting daily battles. Everybody, everybody. If you're not fighting daily battles, you're going along with the enemy way too easily. Everybody is fighting daily battles. Everybody. And sometimes people say stuff and do stuff that's not normal in their character. Sometimes people say stuff and do stuff. Why? Because they're reacting out of emotion or they have something else going on, and then you want to get offended. Man, I tell you, these ain't easy topics to preach on. We should not be offended. We should not be offended. We talked about that last week. We should not have unforgiveness in us. We should not be offended. And the other thing that stops the offense is if something happens and you don't like it, shut your mouth. Do not talk about it. Why? Because every time you talk about it, you just stir it up again. It's like pulling a scab off. It never heals. You just keep ripping it off. But what Paul says, and it's actually four scriptures, three scriptures, it's, and I'm not going to get to all of them, but I'm going to tell you because in just case you don't think I know what I'm talking about. It's 1 Thessalonians 4.11, 2 Thessalonians 3.11, and 1 Peter 4.15, and they all say, mind your own business. Every one of them says, mind your own business. To live a quiet life, to work with your hands, to make it your ambition to live a quiet life and mind your business. We, this congregation, would probably be fuller and we would be better closely knit and a better family group if we just took this one little deal and mind our own business. It is not your job to be the police of everybody that does everything around, right? It's not. It is not your job to go and tell everyone what they're doing wrong. It's not. It's not my job either. I'm still not 100% sure of all of the responsibilities that come with my job, but it's not my job either. It's not my job to tell you that you're not doing what I want you to do. If you think that you can control people and make them all behave, you think about it for just one second. I read this yesterday, and I thought it was amazing. The, and It was a it was a quote from Thomas Sowell. If you don't know who Thomas Sowell is, he's an extremely intelligent individual and, and a great philosopher and a good Christian guy. But Thomas Sowell said that you can't control the same outcome from siblings that were raised in the same family under the same set of rules Why do you think everybody's going to have the same outcome? I mean, not all of y'all's kids are exactly the same, are they? That's not how we work. We're individuals. So instead of judging people on their individual qualities and what you think they should and shouldn't be doing, what we should be doing is minding our own business and going about our business, getting closer in our walk with God. Because if we get closer in our walk with God... It makes us a better example. And a lot of times people look at you as an example and they see you backbiting and gossiping and and having all of these problems and you go, well, I'm not that far from them. Instead of seeing the righteousness of Christ in the body of Jesus, right? And we're supposed to look more and more like Jesus, right? Romans says we can renew our mind that we look more like Jesus and less like heathens. But what we do is we revert to the same stuff that they're doing. We don't look any different. And if you think we do, go get on Facebook this afternoon and post something and see how many good, well-meaning Christians will come attack you about it. It's pretty easy. But that's not our job. That is not what we're supposed to be doing. And I know this has been a tough subject to listen to, but minding our business will be extremely beneficial to the body of Christ. It's not just in this church, it's in every church. It's not just in this town, it's in every town. It's not in this state, it's in every state. Jesus is coming back for a perfect bride in unity. The unity has to start, we got to get it together. We got to get it together. I believe revival is coming to this country. I swear it is, I pray for it. I pray for revival in this country, but for people to want part of what you have, we have to do a better job of who we are. You can't just show up and look just as crazy as they are and they think, man, that's a better option. Except for they have more rules than we do. If I'm just as crazy as them and I don't have any rules, why do I want what they got? All right, I ain't going to tell you what next week's topic is because I want you to come back. But we got one more. We got one more week. One more week. Hey, look here. In in three weeks, our attendance is, oh, praise God, we're going to preach what we're supposed to preach. We're minding our own business. We're walking on our walk. We're working closer and harder to be closer and better attuned to what God wants us to do. And we're going to mind our own business. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you for this word. Father, we thank you that we'll go out and we will not return void. And we give you praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. Come up, I'll be happy to pray with them.